Okay, here we are. November 21st, 2022. It's 11.54 a.m. And I'm going to share with you guys today basically my roundup of my journey of sobriety and celibacy. And I'd like to to say the journey is not over at all, for sure. Um, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you guys what I learned and where I'm going from here. So, if you do not know, I decided to go on a journey of sobriety and celibacy. September 1st, I wanted to do a 90-day journey. The reason that I decided to take this challenge on was for a few things, a few different, uh, there are a few different aspects of it, but mostly it was because I have been trying to put together this business for, you know, two years plus a little bit. And I was just like, Rochelle, why are you having such a hard time, like, committing to this? Why hasn't this happened for you yet? I mean, it, there have been some wins and I've made a very small amount of money and I, I have been able to work with a few women and definitely they saw some pretty amazing results when I guided them as we were helping, you know, to navigate depression and anxiety in motherhood. It was definitely a great experience for everybody that I worked with. I learned a lot about myself, but the reason I wanted to really take this journey is because I realized how much of my time I was spending either taking part in using substances or giving my energy and attention to men. And so I got really solid confirmation that my path would not become clear until I cut out those distractions. I needed to stop giving my energy and attention to men because even if I wasn't actively seeing somebody, I was always talking to somebody. And so I would be like checking my phone a lot and letting myself get super distracted and daydreaming and blah, blah, blah. And I was just not focused on myself. I was giving my energy to other people. And same thing in terms of like smoking weed or drinking at the end of the day, you know, like if, if my daughter's not here and I want to smoke a joint at two o'clock in the afternoon, like if she's with her dad, then I'm going to do that. And then nothing else productive in terms of my business will happen for the rest of the day. Like I might clean my house really epically, probably exercise because it really makes me kind of get into my body. But I was not seeing the results in my business that I wanted to see because I was spending so much time and energy doing things that were really not in alignment with where I needed to be. And so that's why I took this journey on in the first place. There were definitely a few kind of through line type themes that have stood out over the last 90 days. Um, One of them being the state of the world, how much pain a lot of people are in, and I myself being one of them. You know, it's getting it's getting better because I've been doing a lot of deep healing work. Um, but that's that's why we drink. That's why we smoke weed. That's why we want to numb our pain, right? Is because we don't want to feel those uncomfortable feelings. So that's something that really came up for me. Another thing that really came up for me is how when we are physically intimate with someone, specifically sexually intimate, how we really entangle our energies together. 
And of course, like, you know, you already know that. And that's why people are like, use protection. Because, you know, if you're going to have sex with somebody and they've had sex with 30 other people, then, you know, you're getting potentially exposed to every other person they've ever been with. And that multiplies exponentially. Um, But it's so much more than that. Like, if you really think about the fact that every single person who's been with your lover not only potentially has like some sort of disease that they could pass on to you I'm not talking about that at all actually what I'm really talking about is trauma and the fact that their cellular level trauma is being passed on and passed on and passed on and so by the time you and your partner start hooking up it's like how many other people's trauma are you taking on? And once you start clearing your own trauma and you realize how difficult it is, it's just made me become a lot more aware of my space and who I let into it. And especially when I think about my partner, Danny, who like I miss so much still, even at yoga today, I shed some tears while I was on the mat just thinking about how much I love him and how much I miss him. But knowing that he's not good for me and you know, trauma from somebody like him who's a first responder and the things that he's seen and the heaviness that he's dealt with and that all resides in his body and then he transferred that into my body. Like, there's just a lot that happens when you are intimate with somebody. And I know this is why my mom used to say one because I grew up really religious and so she would always be like, you know, you have to be careful of who you're with because you never know what you're going to take on. But when I was a kid and like a young adult, that message was always delivered from a place of fear, not a place of like understand energetics. <laughs> and understanding energetics for me also, like I've been on this journey for the last couple of months where I'm really, really starting to understand energy better over the last couple of years, but particularly since I stopped drinking and smoking weed and having sex. Like I've been really focusing in on myself and I am starting to see energy in a whole new way. And I'm really excited because this is what I'm going to be teaching on moving forward. It's going to be getting in touch with your intuition and protecting your energy really and truly. Um, But that was the second thing that became really clear for me is you really take on other people's emotional and cellular trauma when you sleep with them. And I think, I think probably the third lesson that I've really come to see very clearly is that if you're like the people and the things that we call into our life are a direct reflection of what we believe we deserve, not necessarily what we know or if, you know, what we know we deserve, but what we think we deserve because knowing and thinking are different things, right? Knowing is like this innate wisdom you know and thinking is like analyzing and overanalyzing and overanalyzing again. And so we draw in what we think and believe we deserve. And when I think about, you know, looking into the future, like I'm like, oh God, am I going to be like single and celibate and sober for the rest of my life? And maybe I will be. I don't know. Um, I'd really like to have sex again, but right now I'm just trying to be patient, um, which actually has also been another lesson is being patient. Good things come to those who wait. But um, yeah, just like when I think about that kind of dream relationship that I would want and that person that I will 
be hoping to draw in. I will be drawing in at some point if that's the right thing. Um, that I have to be the person that that person would want and desire, right? Like I'm not going to get some amazing guy until I'm in a place where I feel amazing in myself. And that doesn't have to look any certain way. Just that I feel good about where I'm at and I know that I'm tending to myself and that I'm putting myself first and that I've done the work and I will continue to do the work to be the strongest, best version of myself so that I can draw in a person who's also on that level where they're doing that work for themselves because I don't want to be with somebody who's not doing that kind of work, right? And so it's been a really interesting, interesting period of time for me. I... I started this experience and the first day was hard. I'm not going to lie. When you're used to drinking, the, so let me let me start it off by saying this as well. So my history with substance use is that I started smoking weed probably when I was about 17. And it, it definitely became something that I did all the time in high school. But like for fun, you know? And then when I got out of high school, I was living with my ex-boyfriend. I was totally not planning on going back this far in my life, but apparently it's happening. So uh, after high school, I lived with my ex-boyfriend. And when I was with him, we got into doing like a lot of MDMA, um, but like a lot of it, like not a fun party amount, like more where it was kind of a problem. And I remember one time we were actually like... (laughs) taking money from our rent fund to do it to buy more and it was just not a good experience and then him and I ended up breaking up and I went through a real depression from that point on that was my first expression with depression experience with depression though I didn't know it at the time and I kind of went like I was smoking a lot and smoking weed a lot and drinking every day and really numbing myself without you know, not consciously, but that's what I was doing. And that's one of the things that has been so profound for me about this experience is realizing that most people do drink or smoke weed to numb ourselves. You know, it starts out as something that's fun usually, and then it turns into a habit and then it turns into an addiction. And so that's kind of what I've really seen unfolding from this and understanding that like, People people are hurting. A lot of people are hurting. That's one of the biggest things that uh, has come out of this experience for me. So anyways, fast forward. When I was, I got to a point where I was probably 21 and I was not smoking so much weed. When I got married, I was hardly drinking. Like I was very clean and sober. And about three years into it, that's when I had my daughter. And when I had my daughter was when I started smoking weed again. And it was very, very minimal. Like it would be, you know, I would have, I was using a vape at the time. And so I would just smoke like a little bit of weed, a couple of puffs from my vape. And I was good, right? Because obviously my tolerance level was minimum because I hadn't been doing it for so long. And it kind of gradually increased and increased and increased. And then my vape broke. And then I started smoking joints. And then I was smoking joints and drinking. And, you know, nothing excessive. Like still what a lot of people would be like, this is not a problem. 
where, you know, I would maybe have like a few puffs from a joint and then like a small glass of wine. I have been on and off, leaning more sober, leaning more to the side of a user over the last 15 years of my life. When I decided that I was going to be a single mom when my ex-husband and I made that choice to separate, I was just going out and having a lot of fun and I was dating a lot and it was great and it was not at a point where it ever felt like it was a problem for me until COVID happened, which was six months later. So basically the way this is like way more of a long involved story that I was planning on telling, but stories are how we learn. So let's roll with it. Um, so basically like we separated in August, my daughter went to kindergarten in September and then COVID here in Canada shut us down in March. So I went from this place of feeling like I was like in a marriage, but feeling really trapped, even though all I had ever wanted was to be at home and be a mom. That's all I ever wanted. But when I got that life, it was not what I really wanted. And a lot of that for me at the time where I didn't realize was that it had brought up a lot of trauma but I was only aware of it in my body. I wasn't consciously aware of it yet. And so going through the breakup, I was like feeling really liberated. And I was like, yes, like I'm I'm happy to just be able to like do my own thing and like have my daughter part time. Like this is working really well for me. And I felt alive and good. And then COVID happened and then I got stuck back at home. And it was an incredibly challenging situation. Like for everybody, obviously. Um, I went right back to being a full-time stay-at-home mom, of course, as everybody knows, without any of the supports that we would normally have. And it was just a really difficult transition. And that's when I started really getting into smoking a joint a day and two white claws. That was like what I was typically doing, one joint and two white claws throughout the course of the day. And, you know, it was like, people would be going for walks and doing things like that. And I'd be like, well, I'm not going to go drive us down to the beach because I'm high. So, you know, like it was not a very great way to live our lives. But I was in survival mode, as many of us were. We were coping. We were just getting through the day. My daughter was never in any danger. You know, all we did was hang around the apartment and and just exist right like we were riding it out we didn't know what was going to happen and it was scary but we made it and so during that time that's when I got connected with Colleen Winia who is the woman who really taught me how to get in touch with my spirit and figure out what was going on and why I was spending so much of my time drinking and not wanting to feel my feelings and really up to that point before I started working with her I really had no understanding why people numb like why people drink is because they want to numb themselves but most people who are doing that are doing it unconsciously right so they're not aware of they're doing it they're just it becomes a habit it becomes an addiction and they just kind of continue on that path and then as I'm sure you guys know 
It's like if you don't have a drink, you start to feel really irritated. And that is really the heart of addiction for me is like, you know you have a problem when you haven't had your glass of wine at six o'clock and you start feeling like you're going to lose your shit. Like that's when definitely you may have a problem. Um, but it's okay, guys. Like I had a problem too. I would say that I still have a problem. I'm still actively fighting that urge a lot of the time. Today is, by the way, day 81 of the 90 days. Um, but it is the first day that I've had actually three weeks of no sex, no alcohol, no drugs, no nothing. And I think that's why I was feeling really inspired to make this because I know you guys want to know what's going on. Um, but today is three weeks, which is how long it takes to break or create a new habit. And so it's officially been three weeks. I'm looking forward to the next season. I really feel like the, my 90 days really started three weeks ago because up till that point I was really struggling. Um, and so, yeah, here we are. 21 days in to being sober and celibate and and just sharing what I've learned so far. And so what I really learned through working with Colleen is that the reason that we do these things is to prevent ourselves from feeling pain. And the pain that came up for me, as most of you guys know by this point, was that I, I didn't know this consciously until I started working with Colleen, but was that I was sexually abused by my dad as a child, repeatedly, and by my grandfather. <coughs> um, I won't get into a bunch of detail or anything like that, but um, that's basically what I was trying to, that's what I was pushing down. And when I got connected with Colleen, um, I just had such a powerful image, vision, a powerful vision, the first conversation we ever had. And then the second time we met, this was just like getting to know each other, casual kind of thing. The second time we met, again, I had a really powerful vision about generational healing and needing to really do this work so that my daughter doesn't have to do as much of it. And that's why I did it. And that's why I started the process of doing this healing work. And when this stuff came up for me, she was very much so like, you know, this is the type of thing that comes up for a lot of women. So there's definitely, you know, I know how to kind of walk you through this. And she really did. And, you know, there were a lot of days where I was just crying and voice messaging her like from the floor in my pajamas, just like feeling so disgusted with myself that this happened to me. And you know, when, when you start to see it that way, you, when you start to understand why we do the things we do, it gives you a lot of compassion for yourself because it, it really makes you look at your whole life. Like I now have been able to kind of reflect on my relationships. Every relationship that I've ever had with a man was totally fucked because I never learned how to have a relationship with a man because I always, felt like something was expected from me from the time I was an infant, basically. Something that I never should have had to have given. And it shapes the way that you live your life and it shapes the kind of love you look for and the way that you feel about your self-worth. And it, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to face those kinds of things. And so that's why we numb. And so 
going through this whole process has really just opened my eyes to addiction in a whole new way and it's really given me compassion for it and you know just like how when I went through my mental health crisis when I had my daughter how I started being really comfortable talking about it about mental health because I was like I have to talk about it or I'm going to suffocate same thing for me with addiction now is I just feel like we really need to be talking about it and breaking the stigmas because it's not it's not our fault that we develop these types of things like other people do horrible things to us and that's what causes us to then not want to feel our feelings and numb them so I think that a big part of this healing for me has been shifting you know like this is not my doing it's not my fault it's my responsibility to do something about it now to take what I've learned and implement the healthier strategies and you know do the hard work and keep going to therapy and keep doing the coaching and the body work and everything working on forgiveness and stuff because that's only going to set me more free so it's our responsibility, but it's not our fault that these things happen. And so if you're somebody who's listening to this, I just want to encourage you that, you know, if you are struggling with addiction, it's, I don't want to say it's okay, but it is okay. Like it's not okay if you're consciously aware of that to like not do anything about it. That is really detrimental to you and the people around you, but it's okay that you are where you are. You've reached a place because of things that have happened to you and now you have the opportunity to actually make some shifts and work through that. And so once you're aware, that's the great thing, right? You can start making these shifts and you can start growing and healing and it's amazing. So I also want to take a moment to talk about the psychic reading that I had with Ella Ringrose. Her and I had like a powerhouse 60-minute Um, channeling session where she tapped into her guides as well as mine and the stuff that came through was so spot on so powerful her and I have zero relationship before having this reading together and um, she is actually one of the reasons that I was inspired to start doing readings myself one of she she asked me if I was in contact with my dad she really encouraged me to work on forgiveness to kind of do like a rage on the page type exercise and just get out all the angry, filthy things that I would want to say to him um, so that I can start to release that from my body and work on forgiveness. And there was one point we got to, she's like, this is really coming through and I wasn't sure about mentioning it, but I, I really feel like it's coming on strongly. Don't get freaked out, but your angels are really telling me that you need to be celibate. And I was like, whoa, let me tell you what's going on in my life right now, Ella. And so the journey for me with this is definitely going to continue going forward. I'm going to be a lot more conscious of who I allow into my space, especially who I'm allowing inside of me. And I'm just going to really work on developing myself. Like that that's what's really come from this is as much personal development as I've already done, I still have a long freaking way to go. And that if I am going to continue this work, which is generational healing, which I am going to do, then that's the priority is really making sure that I'm breaking down these chains so that there's less and less chains to break going forward. So 
it this experience has been profound it's been really powerful and I'm really glad that I did it I feel like I'm just at the beginning of the journey to be honest and I'm looking forward to seeing what opens up for me as I just go more inward and surrender to the plans of the universe. So basically, just to like wrap it up in a nutshell, I just want to really leave you guys like if you are somebody who's struggling with addiction, please know that it's not your fault that this has happened to you. It is not your fault. It is your responsibility to reach out and get help just like in a mental health crisis or any other situation, the more that you try to push people away and do it on your own, the harder it is going to be. We are not meant to suffer alone. We are not meant to rejoice alone. We're meant to be in community. So really allow yourself to be supported by the people in your life who love you. Um, and just remember at the end of the day that you are worth spending the time and effort and energy and resources to heal you do deserve the best and at the end of the day so do your kids and the only way that we can really progress forward as a species in humanity is by doing our own inner work that's where everything starts if you want to see the world change you have to change yourself and that change starts within so be encouraged, be inspired, reach out if you want, uh, if you want to chat, if you want some support, I am definitely going to have some offerings coming up for women who want to get more in touch with their intuition, who are ready to start clearing and letting go of things that are not working for them in their lives. So really looking forward to this next chapter. And if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. You have listened to me talk for about 24 minutes and I really fucking appreciate that. So thank you so much and we will speak soon.